This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The best practices for getting into the right college and the smartest strategies to pay for it. Education Week on the New Business Hour. Sponsored by St. Xavier University. For the best in you. News Radio 105.9 WBBM. It's 12.03 on May 18th, 2023. Good afternoon and thanks so much for joining us for the Thursday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour. I'm Rachel Pearson filling in for Rob Hart. It's Education Week on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. We'll take a look at some of the leading law and medical schools in our next segment. Right now, though, medical debt can be financially debilitating and overwhelming to deal with. So let's get some help from Amy Wilburn, a bankruptcy attorney at Lincoln Goldfinch Law in Austin. Austin, Texas. Amy, if we're talking about medical debt, this is something that one is very can be very expensive and two isn't necessarily something that we plan for. So when we're faced with medical debt, what are some ways to sort of tackle it, bring it into perspective, something that we can then manage? Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, medical debt is the number one reason that people file bankruptcy. Two out of three bankruptcies are filed because of medical debt. And as you pointed out, it's the kind of thing that we just don't plan for. So when people tell me, oh, I'll never need your services, I always respond with, well, don't be so sure. We just don't know. So my first piece of advice is a proactive step that people can take. Don't go without insurance. If at all possible, pay those premiums because that will make something that could be debilitatingly expensive. It will bring down the price quite a bit. The other uh, options are that you might want to consider contacting the business office of a hospital where you have visited. Just about every hospital out there has something called charity care. And when you have those circumstances where you have a great big medical debt, you can contact the business office. They'll probably ask for some documents like your tax return or a pay stub, and they have funds available to help you pay that giant bill. Yeah, and I've also heard about hospitals uh, either if you say you can sometimes negotiate a little bit too with with that bill, uh, especially if you're willing to maybe pay some of it in cash. I think there's a little bit more wiggle room there, but other health systems too offer payment plans, no? A hundred percent. Yeah, they want to get their money. So they're usually pretty amenable to offering a payment plan and they want to make it work for you because like I said, they want they want to get their money. They know that bankruptcy is an option. So they will work with you on some kind of monthly payment plan. You'll have more luck if you make it automatically out of your bill pay program or some kind of other option so you don't skip months or forget about it. Now, Amy, obviously, first choice would be let's pay down these these medical debt bills. Let's avoid collections. But for those who already have a, a medical debt in collections, what are some ways to, to sort of uh, tackle that? Well, if you have access to some kind of pile of money sitting there, 
uh, the collection agencies are much more willing to take some kind of settlement. So if you owe, say, $10,000 and you have access to $6,000, you can offer, look, I can pay you this lump sum today if you will forgive the rest of it. They also will take payment plans. One thing to be careful with settlements, though, is that you can get taxed on the forgiven amount if you do some kind of settlement with a bill collector. Any suggestions or or things that we shouldn't do, things to avoid in this arena? Well, like I said, um, make sure you have insurance. Shop around for what's affordable for you. Don't wait until the last minute. Medical debt, uh, they can go to collections and they can sue you for that amount. And then that might result in uh, wage garnishment or levying your bank account. So don't, don't do the ostrich technique. Don't just put your head in the sand and hope that things work out. You want to communicate with all your creditors. Don't just wait for something to happen. Thanks so much. Amy Wilburn, bankruptcy attorney at Lincoln Goldfinch Law in Austin, Texas. Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, where college admissions and affordability collide on News Radio 1059 WBBM. Education Week is sponsored by St. Xavier University for the best in you. And we continue our Education Week on the Noon Business Hour with an alternative that can be helpful to students, both financially and academically. It's community college. So let's talk about what's happening at the City Colleges of Chicago. We're joined by Mark Potter, Provost and Chief Academic Officer at City Colleges of Chicago. And Mark, this is something that I did in my academic journey. I think a lot of students uh, are at least considering it. And uh, that is community college. Let's talk about some of the benefits of, of what's offered here, uh, at specifically at City Colleges of Chicago. A lot of students do make the smart choice of, of attending City Colleges of Chicago or any two-year college before transferring under their bachelor's degree. So thank you for this opportunity and thank you for the question. And look, at, at City Colleges of Chicago, we're offering, we're committed to delivering an excellent student experience. That means uh, superior um, uh, academic experiences in the classroom and academic excellence at a price that that students can afford, students and their families can afford. And here's the thing that maybe not a lot of high school students or their parents are thinking about, but really, if you're looking at a four-year college, at least the first year, most of it is going to be gen ed courses. And, And if you're willing to pay the premium, fine, but you can get that same quality education for a a much more feasible price uh, through something like City Colleges of Chicago. That's, that's absolutely right. And we have transfer agreements with all of the area four-year universities and even beyond so that students can be sure that their credits are going to transfer, that the classes that they take are going to be at the same level and the same rigor as classes at the four-year university. So let's talk about, too, some of the benefits that City Colleges offers its students, uh, even its employees. So... Not all of our students come to City Colleges looking to transfer. Some students come to City Colleges looking for workforce-aligned programs, and we have a number of of programs, some of which are free of cost to students, that will um, uh, provide them that entryway into a a good-paying career in some of our most important sectors in in Chicago. I would encourage people to look up Future Ready at City Colleges of Chicago, where there are a whole array of no-cost programs that are aligned with workforce opportunities. 
And I know there's uh, several locations to choose from when it comes to city colleges. Can you talk about some of just the the geographical availability? There are seven colleges uh, and five satellite sites. Our seven colleges extend from the very northwest of Chicago, that's Wright College, down to the uh, far south side at Olive Harvey College, and, and in between on the southwest, uh, on the west side, in Uptown, um, and, and in the loop with, with Harold Washington College. So we have seven very strong colleges all throughout the city. That's Mark Potter, Provost and Chief Academic Officer at City Colleges of Chicago. Still ahead in this Education Week edition of the Noon Business Hour, we'll talk about how technology is impacting the college experience. Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by St. Xavier University for the best in you. News Radio 1059 WBBM. Education Week is sponsored by St. Xavier University for the best in you. And with this segment, we're taking a look at some of the top medical and law schools in Illinois. We welcome Eric Gertler, Executive Chairman and CEO of U.S. News and World Report there in New York. Eric, great to have you with us. Uh, This is uh, something that would require a lot of consideration for someone who's looking at a career in the law or medical profession. So what type of factors weigh in when we're looking for the top law and medical schools? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. So, as, as you know, uh, U.S. News and World Report, our mission is to help students make the best choices for their, their education. Uh, for the last uh, 30 years, we've been ranking the best law schools, the best medical schools in this country. Um, and this year, what we have done is that we have placed a great emphasis on outcome measures. If you take law schools, for example, we know for, for the most part, and for, the, for the, the high, high majority of students, they're going to law school because they want to become a practicing lawyer, whether a private firm or a public interest, um, uh, in the public interest. So we have emphasized outcome measures, um, and those include uh, bar passage, ultimate bar passage, and your employment prospects 10 months after you've graduated from law school. A very um, a very and, practical measurement, I would add too. That yeah. this is this is what's you know you're 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 career oriented. That's what's going to sort of dictate what your future looks like. No doubt, no doubt. And you know, in today's uh, in today's age, when you are spending so much money to go to graduate school, you, you know, it can be as much as a hundred thousand dollars. You want to know, and we want to at U.S. News World Report provide you with that information. So you have a sense of what your outcome results are going to be. What are your prospects uh, for employment? Very important for, uh, for these students today. And that's what we focus on. So let's give us a, just a quick ranking maybe of the top uh, two or three best law schools, at least for the 2023-2024 academic year. Sure. Um, you know, for, uh, for the law schools, uh, this year in the top spot, Stanford University and Yale University shared the number one school. And then uh, the University of Chicago uh, in your area uh, was number three. So those are all terrific uh, law schools. I might also uh, add that we um, look at, uh, in our rankings, uh, we also take uh, time and, uh, and attention, and we write a lot of stories about law schools throughout um, our rankings, particularly those that showed um, you know, a large increase um, you know, from last year, particularly on the outcome measurements, you know, schools like Duquesne University, Florida International University, 
University of Oklahoma, all those saw huge increases over the years. And quickly, um, I want to I want to do touch on because we mentioned that we want to talk about medical school as well. So let's just quickly let's talk about uh, what factors weigh in there, and then give us some of the rankings accordingly. Sure. So um, in uh, in the medical schools for research, um, Harvard University was number one. John Hopkins uh, was number two, uh, and the University of Pennsylvania Pearlman was number three. And you know here as well. What we do is we include a whole number of factors. A major factor is, um, is, is the areas of research um, and research grants that these uh, universities uh, receive. And we look at both federal data like uh, NIH, and we also look at LC- LCME. So that gives us a sense of, um, of how we rank the, um, you know, those, uh, those medical schools. And, you know, the same thing. Uh, Lots of emphasis on outcome, and so um, uh, we saw a number of universities see, uh, uh, you know, graduate schools for medical see a big bump this year. For example, Texas A&M University went up 16 spots. Um, and again, our focus, given everything that's going on, on outcome metrics. Thanks so much, Eric Gertler, Executive Chairman and CEO of U.S. News and World Report. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Twitter and other social media platforms win a major court decision. President Biden and other leaders gather for the G7 summit in Japan. In our Education Week segment, we'll explore the impact of artificial intelligence and other technology on students and teachers. Plus, a development in the Wrigleyville neighborhood has sold at a huge loss to investors. WBBM Business. The Dow down 154 points, NASDAQ up 111, the S&P 500 moving ever so slightly, it's up just 10 points. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues as the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that terror attack victims cannot hold Twitter and other social media companies liable for giving access to militant groups. This is CBS News legal analyst Jessica Levinson. The basic allegation by the plaintiffs was Twitter, you should have done more. Not that you aggressively said, are you trying to plan a terrorist attack? Come on to our platform, but that you should have done more to kick terrorists off. The lawsuit involved family members of victims killed during an attack on a nightclub in Istanbul six years ago. President Biden has arrived in Japan for the G7 summit. President Biden greeted troops and Japanese officials at a hangar at a Marine Corps airbase near Hiroshima before heading to a meeting with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. The bottom line, Mr. Prime Minister, is that uh, when our countries stand together, we stand stronger. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the two leaders have a lot to talk about ahead of the larger Group of Seven summit. The military dimension of the alliance, the economic dimension, the recently concluded agreement on clean energy, the work we're doing together on economic security, 
this alliance, I think, is in a genuine high watermark. The president's cutting his trip short in hopes of finalizing a deal to raise the government's debt limit. White House staff who've been negotiating with Congress will be along for the trip and be part of the team updating the president on the status of the talks. I'm Jennifer King. College admissions, college costs, and more. This is Education Week on the Noon Business Hour. News Radio 105.9 WBBM. And Education Week is sponsored by St. Xavier University for the best in you. It's 1232 and the markets are mixed. We're joined now by Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors LLC in New York. And uh, Jim, there seems to be a little bit of optimism on Wall Street amid uh, debt ceiling negotiations and an ongoing fear of default. What's your read on the situation? Yeah, it looks like they're going to get to a resolution of the uh, the debt ceiling situation. And of course, that, that avoids what would have been a very contractionary uh, event economically and, and financially. Uh, so, so that's a positive, and that, that lifts the growth, growth outlook uh, for the rest of the year. And then you've got all of this excitement about artificial intelligence driving up the technology stocks and uh, that's really what's driving the market today. Okay, but let's talk about let's talk about AI for just a quick moment because so many companies even outside of tech are are claiming to be AI companies and maybe that all that means is hey, we have this uh, tiny feature. It's it's very specific, but now hey, we can claim that we're AI. Look at our stock jump. So how do you how do you navigate all of that? Yeah, think back to 1999 when we when we started the um, uh, the internet, and in fact, the internet turned out to be a a fantastic uh, contributor to society, and some companies uh, grew to the sky, and and a lot turned out to be um, uh, just fantasy and hope and dreams, and crashed and burned. Uh, and so, yes, the AI is transformative. It's going to affect everything that we do. Uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be explosive. It's going to drive up S&P profits. But meanwhile, along the way, people will speculate and get into the wrong companies and the wrong stocks. So I would say at this point, stick with the biggest, most proven uh, companies where, where you can sort of justify the stock prices on where the earnings are now and then get a little bit of a hope and a dream in terms of AI. You know, and I'm thinking of the Microsofts of the world and the, the Alphabet, the Googles of the world, uh, uh, the Apples of the world, um, uh, and, and uh, NVIDIAs of the world. And, you know, you've basically got companies with earnings in the here and now and, and uh, some hope from A&I. But meanwhile, we do have to worry about the fact that it looks like the Fed's going to might, just might raise interest rates again in June, which had not been expected. Uh, and, and while you're getting some softening in the economy, uh, inflation is very sticky and it's not softening enough to, um, uh, to stop the Fed. So this is not going to be a straight shot up just because of artificial intelligence. Right. Now, you also you touched on inflation and how it, it really hasn't uh, you know, been enough to tamp down on, on spending. And I, I think we're also sort of seeing that today with earnings reports from a major retailer, Walmart. I mean, what does that say about the retail sector amid, as we've talked about, rising inflation and the Fed's efforts to, to tamp down? 
Yeah, well, if you look this week, you know, Home Depot said the consumer's pulling back. Uh, Target said the consumer's pulling back. And month by month, uh, uh, their sales uh, decelerated. And then Walmart today, while they did better uh, than, than many had feared, it was really the wealthy uh, trading down uh, to Walmart. Plus, of course, they do groceries, which are a staple. And, and you'll see that Walmart said that staples and essentials did better than discretionary items. So the economy is slowing. It's definitely definitely slowing, and it will gradually drag down inflation with it. Uh, but it looks like the slowing is not going to be a disaster, and that, therefore, the climb from the 4 to 5% inflation down to 2 is going to be a long slog. So think, think interest rates higher for longer. Thanks so much, Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors, LLC in New York. Up next in Education Week, we're going to look at the increasing role of artificial intelligence, but when it comes to school-related situations. Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, where college admissions and affordability collide on News Radio 1059 WBBM. Education Week is sponsored by St. Xavier University for the best in you. And in this segment, we're looking at the benefits and, yes, the pitfalls of artificial intelligence in a school setting. We're joined by Ina Freed, Chief Technology Correspondent for the news site Axios.com, based in San Francisco. And, Ina, my husband is a high school teacher, AI is a regular conversation in our household and what it means for students of all ages. And like anything, there are pros and cons. So first, let's talk about what the benefits are of using AI if you're a student. Well, AI has a lot of potential. You know, when people say AI, they think just chat GPT, and that's obviously one thing, and it's, it's having a profound impact. Um, there are other technologies, but even if you look at just chat GPT, you know, there's so many things you can do besides just have it write your essay for you, which is obviously problematic. Um, but, you know, Khan Academy, which has been doing uh, online education forever, has an amazing tutor that's built on the same technology. So as you say, there are a ton of pros and cons, and there really are a lot of ways to harness AI to, you know, just be an incredible research tool. And I think this is going to be one of those things, it's, you know, artificial intelligence has sort of been compared to the revolution that was the internet in in that it, it's not going away and it's sort of a learn to embrace it, learn to, to use it as a resource, but, but also to have some sort of regulations in place because from an educator perspective, we know that the cheating plagiarism is a major concern. Absolutely. I mean, just as plagiarism isn't okay and they have plagiarism detectors, having ChatGPT just write your essay for you is is not going to be okay. I'm sure it's not okay with your husband, um, you know, and tons of students are trying it out and seeing, oh, well, if I just change a few words, is that okay? Um, you know, but we saw this with Wikipedia too. So I, I think your analogy to the internet is really appropriate. I also hear a lot of references to the calculator. You know, it didn't end the need for math, um, but it is a tool that we can count on. And so really the combination is what can a student do with the power of AI. And again, also while learning other things, you know, we can't just use AI, just like we can't just use the internet. Books have value, traditional research has value. And I think we're going to find that in the AI world too. Right. I think that's sort of my, my point here too, is it can be supplemental, right? It's not the end all be all of education. It's, it's a re it's a tool that we can use. Uh, the, the, 
the key is going to be getting creative around it because I, I do agree with you. There are a lot of benefits, even just with something like ChatGPT, taking a massive research article, telling it to summarize it, giving you the bullet points. I mean, for a student, that can be really time saving. Um, but then then it's going to be up to the school system itself to figure out how to evaluate that knowledge and for the student to prove that they're not just uh, regurgitating ChatGPT. Yeah, and you know, I've heard a variety of ways of tackling this. One uh, university administrator I talked to from Australia is like, you know, one way you can do it as a as a teacher or professor is say, hey, have ChatGPT uh, write that first draft, and then for the second draft, I want to see your notes on how it could be improved or what did the AI get wrong. Another way is you're going to probably see for the time being, till we know how to tell what's AI written, less take home work and more you know, work in the classroom where we know you're actually the one writing it. So I do think it will be a tough adjustment period for sure. I do think ultimately AI will be a huge benefit and maybe to some of the least served. You know, we think about the U.S. a lot where everyone or most everyone has access to an education, but in a lot of places in the world, there isn't a teacher for every 10 or 15 or 20 students. Um, And so I think AI can help there. It can help personalize instruction even in large classrooms uh, to see who's getting it, who's not. It can, you know, watch the work of everyone at once and recognize who's doing well and who isn't. So again, lots of potential and it's going to be a super tough adjustment. Uh, I don't envy uh, your husband's work (laughs) over the next couple of years. Me neither. Thanks so much, Ina Freed, chief technology correspondent for the news site Axios.com based in San Francisco. You can join us tomorrow when Education Week focuses on making college affordable. Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by St. Xavier University for the best in you. News Radio 1059 WBBM. An apartment and retail complex across from Wrigley Field has been sold by its developers, but they took a huge hit. We welcome LB Galoon, senior reporter at Crane's Chicago Business. And LB, uh, help us understand this deal because this is a massive apartment and retail complex in a really prime location. Yeah, it is. Hi, Rachel. Um, yeah, it should be um, it should be worth a lot of money, right? Because um, you know you're right next to Wrigley Field. You've got all this activity around you, and um, it's really a, it's a large property with apartments and retail. The problem was COVID hit. It opened up in 2019, and then COVID came along a few months later. And when you have a lot of entertainment and retail tenants, and they're not playing baseball across the street. Uh, that, that means you don't have too many customers coming into your tenants, um, stores or restaurants. And so, uh, it really got off to a bad start. Obviously, you know, COVID is mostly behind us and the future's looking brighter, but, uh, that still was a big reason that the property sold for a hundred million dollars, which is a lot of money to me, but it's a uh, $80 million less than it cost to build. And this is, again, I just want to reiterate, because maybe I didn't clarify that this development, what we're talking about, is it Clark and Addison? Um, and, and is it worth it to take an $80 million hit to, to get rid of the property, to, to hand off to someone else? What's next? Well, this was a situation where one of the investors, uh, a fund that's managed by UBS, the big Swiss bank, wanted to exit its investment. And it was not, um, you know, normally, like if you're selling your house, you, you want to wait till the market's uh, good so you can get a good price for your house. But sometimes 
you know, you don't have that luxury. And in this case, the UBS fund just decided we needed to get out and no matter how bad the market is. And so they just sold it and were willing to take a loss. Now, do we know uh, much about the, the buyer here and what its plans are for that development again at, at Clark and Addison? So the, the buyer is a company called Dinnerstein, which is a Houston-based apartment investor. And they've actually teamed up with um, the uh, two partners in the original development, two local developers, M&R Development Buxbaum Properties. So they're staying in the deal. And, um, I, you know, I don't think they have any major changes, major plans to change anything that's going on there. I mean, it, the market is improving. The apartment market is still strong. Obviously, you have people who are, uh, you know, back at the ballpark watching games. Wrigleyville is is flourishing, and um, they actually um, the the retail space is almost full. So the future should be pretty good for this property. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this group uh, makes out much better than the original group did. Thanks so much. LB Galoon, senior reporter at Crane Chicago Business. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and on the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.